Welcome back to The Twin Geeks 166 here with David as always and Jesse's joining us. Our Halloween expert of the site has reviewed every Halloween movie for us and done an analysis on a screenplay. And you're on, what, our third or fourth Halloween podcast well, together? This, this is our fourth. Yeah, because we covered the first fourth? three. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, the, yeah. it's the fourth that, that, movie. That makes sense. I guess, That's yeah. math. <laughs> It, it is nice. It, we don't have to think about it too much that way, right? It's not a misnomer. Halloween 4 is, in <laughs> fact, the fourth Halloween movie. We did our uh, uh, first ever podcast exactly four years ago last week on uh, Halloween 2018. So uh, that was the founding of the site. And now it's uh, full circle back again. New Halloween out just a week or two ago. Um, uh, how, how do you all feel? Uh, uh, how's the season feel? I feel a little trapped by Halloween, honestly. I didn't sign up for this intentionally when we first went and saw Halloween 2018 together, Calvin. I didn't anticipate that I would be talking about every single Halloween film with you for many years to come. And uh, I, I didn't particularly want to, but I feel obligated to now, now that we've made it this far. And uh, obviously, since we've got the, the great resource of jesse here is the you know uh, halloween expert uh, i definitely feel the compulsion to come on every time even if uh it might suck a little bit of my soul out every year and i get closer mm -hmm. to the grave i just said meet me at twin peaks and you're like uh oh you brought me to a titty bar and then i brought you to halloween and then i made a website and you're like this is snowballing so fast i didn't commit to any of this yeah that's all exactly how that happened uh with a little bit of mccabe and mrs miller somewhere in there Exactly. Um, so, uh, I, I think Jesse will also have his review eventually. Um, <laughs> it's uh, coming, When it right? comes, yep. that's going to yeah. be great. I, I know the, everyone's already talked about the newest Halloween film already, and it's kind of out of the conversation, but uh, we still need the, the Halloween expert to weigh in on it, so it's not dead yet. Mm -hmm. I've got an outline, so... Can you give <laughs> us a stuff. preview here? Like, where are you at with ends? Um, I liked it. <laughs> Which surprised me, you know, especially coming off our conversation from last year with Kills, where we were, which was pretty bleak. <laughs> we were yeah. we were basically through with it and just said, you know, it needs to die. And you know, there's only I a couple people. Evil dies tonight. There's only a couple people yeah. I know who liked Kills whatsoever, and even as someone who didn't bother to see it because I didn't even like 2018, uh, I I just don't even understand. But I'm, I'm glad to see that the reception for Kills is at least better, though. My understanding is that it might be a bit, bit controversial. It's maybe, maybe not appealing to the same crowd as the previous two did. Yeah, the um, the reception, like if you look at like the numbers, like a Rotten Tomatoes and the word of mouth, it's it's the same. You got the same people or, or the same amount of people trashing it, but it's a different group that's doing it. In my experience, usually a lot of the Kills fans are absolutely hating ends. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I love to see it. Yeah, I love to see it too. Like I. <laughs> It's 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 a weird movie. <laughs> it's uh they I, they wore their inspirations on their sleeves for sure, you know. I think eventually you get used to this franchise just being annoying to people, like uh, having um three Halloween twos and having, you know, multiple Halloween threes and uh just like this absurd chronology. Um so when fans get upset, I feel like I'm at my happiest. Like that's the only time I really get off anymore is when mm. the Halloween fans are um, complaining about uh, casting changes or what they didn't get or what they got, and uh, uh, nobody is ever fully happy. and And that's where I like to be in life. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I've been feasting for like two weeks on just this this <laughs> word of mouth. It's just it's it's a nonstop circle of the same arguments over and over and over. So uh, you were like a longtime member of like a Halloween forum too. Like you were very plugged in <laughs> before the last two movies. I think I had like uh, uh, three different possible plot synopsis from you that where it could have gone, what was in the plans. Um, how did you really get into Halloween? Like, what was your Halloween origin story? Interestingly, my first experience with Halloween is the movie we're going to talk about later on uh, with Halloween 4. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, it's I re- there was just a small store next to my house. And, um, you know, it was, it was like a, in a poor section of the neighborhood and just a little little market. But they had this little area where they uh, they rented just a few movies. And I know I know you're old enough, Calvin. Uh, but going to the video store back in the day, and the horror section just always drew you in with those covers and stuff, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, so you walk by there and look around, and I, I saw the covers for Halloween four and five, and I remember thinking, um, I had the impression that maybe he was going to be a nice monster, like something out of like <laughs> Monster Squad. Mm. And yeah. My my friend uh, rented it and told me all about it, and I was I was very disappointed and disheartened. And he uh, he showed me the intro, and I made it to the uh, the thumb and the forehead, and uh, I noped the hell out of there. I was oh. done. That's pretty early. Yeah, didn't make it far at all. And then then uh, to make a long story short, you know, my mom's a big fan of it, and she told me about it, and it took me a few years, but I finally watched the first one, and I think it took about eight years for me to finish the fourth one. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's a long time going. Um, uh, yeah, my earliest horror was a uh, Leprechaun at five year old. Uh, my dad took me to the theater, um, so I have like a weird reverence that I really shouldn't have for that franchise. And I understand the uh, franchise fans who are attached to the dumbest shit and like the Halloween movies. And they're like, I'm gonna defend this actor to the grave, and and they get really creepy. But like, I understand because being a Leprechaun fan, you're kind of you know. You have to be a little creepy yourself if you're if you're going to go all the way with like back to the hood and everything. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, you really have to commit to the bit. I've never leprechaun before. Have you, David? Okay, yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you gotta tell it's got, me. It's got Jennifer Aniston, right? Yeah. Uh, was uh, Monster Squad like your first like context to horror then? Because you already had that going into Halloween Four. It was one of my earliest um, child's play, believe it or not. I believe it. I, I, I do believe I, yeah, 100%. It. If anyone's talked to you, yeah. I'm sure they believe it. That's the most believable thing I've ever heard. <laughs> child's- you, you're also a great resource for uh, Child's Play uh, yeah. GIFs on the internet. Uh, you have the most. I do. It's it's one of my favorite collections of anything I own. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I got this new phone last week, I, I had to make sure that all my Chucky gifts were transferred over. It was a high priority. But yeah, how many would you say you have? Do you do you have a count? I have like a, at least one hundred twenty. <laughs> okay, that's enough yeah. to use. Yeah, but I, I don't have any from the series yet, so it's it's incomplete. And there's there's plenty so. of giftable moments for me to annoy you all with. I went to the library yesterday since I don't have the TV. You oh, can barely see it. That's a that's out. a Ch- Chucky TV show. Yes, impossible to see here. I was going to ask you if you were ever going to watch it, because I know you, you're cool with the series. Yeah, I got this uh, two-disc set at the library. First season's on here, so uh, I'm going to load that up uh, maybe around Halloween. It's it's fun. It is. it. You know, it's like how each installment's a little bit different, you know. And 
this kind of takes a coming of age approach and just throws Chucky in with it. And uh, Don Mancini, you know, he uh, he's a gay dude, and this has that type of perspective and everything. So it's kind of like autobiographical. Child's Play doesn't get enough credit for having like the same voice behind like the uh, writing direction, at least like tangentially involved through the movies mm. uh, up until a most recent point. Um, uh, there is like a through line that like Halloween and like these other franchises just weren't blessed with the opportunity of. Uh, I mean, right. You, you still had a uh, Wes Craven throughout uh, Nightmare, didn't you, to a degree? Or Nightmare, yeah. He was. Yeah, he was there at the end. He was like kind of scattered. Uh, okay. Like one, okay. the, the, yeah, the good ones, note. one, three, and seven. <laughs> Fair yeah. yeah, ones we like. Uh, so that should bring us to our uh, horror watches. I've been going through the nightmares. Uh, I just did four and five. Uh, four famously was the um, the MTV one. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's uh, how it's defined? Uh, where Freddy Krueger goes on uh, MTV and does a rap song. <laughs> uh, so that's a lot of fun. He does. I can't remember the name of the group he does it with, but. <laughs> That's a... Oh man, and uh, they made like a whole music video where uh, Robert England's actually on there, like he's actually rapping in the song in the video. It's just a delightful time uh, for all. But bless him. I know he wants to do another one. Would you? Would you guys be interested in that? <laughs> oh, always. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I worry about him getting just a bit too old because he is. He's he's getting close to eighty, and he might not be able to do the physical part of it anymore. Was it Fat Boys? I, yeah, I never want to yeah, say yeah. it wrong. Okay, fat boys. yeah. <laughs> the Fat Boys. The Fat Boys, yes. Um, much like the Ghetto Boys of the 90s and, and 80s, they were the defining hip-hop at the time, yes. See, I was going to say Ghetto Boys is what was popping in Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that surrealist uh, hardcore nightmare rap would have made more sense for Freddy Krueger, actually. Yeah. Uh, like Ghetto Boys talking about like corpses just like full of blood and stuff. I think that would have worked better, actually, but... <laughs> Uh, fine with the Fat Boys, uh, their one song. Are you, are you liking the uh, Nightmare series? Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. I found a lot to like in four, and then five has ideas like the motorcycle, <laughs> the um, the psycho opening. Like the motorcycle is crazy because he has like a Wolverine Freddy moment where his claws like rip through, <laughs> and he becomes like part of the man on the motorcycle, just like rips into him, and it's like fucking electrifying for a moment. It's 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 pretty good body horror, you know that moment there. Yeah. It, it, it creeps me out for sure you know uh, they have the moment where they become like 2d like paper figures and kind of fight it out um, there's the psycho moment at the beginning of five where uh, uh, you think it's just going to become like a shower stab scene but then the shower fills up I think that's also a cool twist on that but they're they're all right I like Wes Craven when he's involved mm-hmm. more I think those are the only ones I'm still familiar with I skipped two went straight into three and watched new nightmare. Three is so fun. Have yeah, you seen I New Nightmare, Cal? Uh, no, I haven't seen New Nightmare, so that's coming mm. later this month. It's, good. it's kind of just worse Scream, I think. I know, it's... Uh, David, what have you been seeing? Have you, uh... Yeah. yeah I know you're, you've been a little scattered, but... I have, I have been. I've watched uh, a, a series of different things, but uh, I made sure to get in something new that I knew I would really like, or that I was hoping I would really like anyway. I was hoping to really connect with it, and I did. And I'm, now I'm really kicking myself for missing it when it was uh, when it came out earlier this year. <sighs> yeah, that's right, everyone. I watched a, a 2022 movie, and you know it's very rare. Uh, I saw I watched Crimes of the Future for for this Halloween. Oh, you did? did. That's right. Yeah, 
and uh, it was terrific. It was it was fantastic, and honestly, one of Cronenberg's like best movies, just just in general. Like really, back in this, <laughs> I'm glad you like it so much. Back in the swing of things, a lot of the uh, interesting themes he's he's always carried from a number of different works. You see the parallels to stuff like Crash and Existence, um, in particular, are, are kind of two ones that really stand out. But uh, w- with a lot of modern you know issues kind of infused in, and and it really struck me this you know time as it does every time but especially this time why cronenberg's body horror is so effective it and in his his flavor of body horror makes me always feel so introspective it always makes me consider what it means to be human like what what a human is what what is what are our defining characteristics and qualities because the the horror of his body horror always really kind of tackles those things on a more internal level and makes you know you you consider the the kind of horror of identity in terms of you know belonging and personage versus just you know the 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 guts and gore that are also obviously more you know external elements of his film but like the just the tackling of the subject here and seeing you know things like some of the more grotesque things like those you know you know uh organic chairs and things that he he has in it yeah those are those are all kind of icky and you know grotesque and getting under your skin but just as much as it is like just seeing the depictions of like a you know surgery and organ removal that happens in crimes of the future that really gets under your skin too i think in a you know a body horror kind of way and it makes me reflect and think and i'm like why is that gross you know why is that why is that so odd to me that's that's me that's that's a human those are all you know banal things in actuality why are they so gross and you know kind of Hmm. then makes you push and consider that a lot more so those are some of the big standout things for me from crimes of the future that really just reminded me why he's one of the preeminent horror directors and it's it's so wonderful to see him being able to do it without missing a beat after having not made a horror film since the 90s um so um, you know I was, I was really happy to walk away this year with something really fantastic it's not like in the usual spooky autumnal vein as horror movies i typically like to watch but uh yeah it was still really great and i'm glad i i, I watched it i just wish i supported it but t- to be fair it sounds like the studio tanked it more than audiences did so i don't feel too responsible <laughs> Is it seen as a flop? Oh yeah, it made no money, and that's because Neon decided that uh, it it wasn't going to play well with audiences. And you know, to be fair, they're probably right, but that meant that they did a limited distribution in North America, so it did not get to many theaters and did not make its money back. Yeah, I'm uh, planning on watching it the next couple of days, actually. So oh, look look forward to it. I think it's yeah, absolutely terrific. I didn't spoil anything here i don't think so. no you're going you got me hyped so we're good to go on that fantastic you you liked it as well right calvin i do like it um i think i'd like to uh, go back to it there's a lot of academic ideas about what body horror means and um i think like the meta like dissection of what cronenberg's work could be is really interesting um right after his son just usurped him with the amazing body horror movie that i absolutely adore um a possessor everyone should see possessor mm-hmm. too so uh i'm more I'm a rewatch it. i think once neon sends their beautiful uh 
awards booklet over. Uh, you think it's going to Maybe I'll announce. think it's going to get nominated for anything? <laughs> I'd be surprised, I think. At least in terms of uh Oscar stuff wise. I don't know if it Yeah, I I mean like Horsites might do it. I, if they have like I don't know like a, a focused I mean, play, uh, play can, but uh yeah. like they they're way more receptive to that kind of thing than the Oscars ever would be. <laughs> Are the uh, Saturn Awards still a thing? Y'all remember those? Yeah, I don't know if they are. Um, I think, like, Kristen Stewart could probably be up for something. If they if they made that push and it were seen, but I think it's just so underseen. She was, yeah, it, it is I, a I lot think it less than I was expecting based on what everyone said about her. And she is terrific, but uh, Leia Sadu, <laughs> I thought, was, you know, yeah. also so, so wonderful. And she's so much more prominent, so shout out to her as well. Mm-hmm. I just like that Kristen Stewart's like doing like a another meta commentary on her whole acting career, just the uh, kind of roles she does, um, kind of playing that up for the movie. Uh, yeah, we'll see. They'll they'll send everything Neon's made the last year anyway, whether or not it's has award buzz. Uh, they want to try, so no, that'd be good. Yeah, I, it's probably my favorite new film I saw this year, but that's like five of uh, five movies, so you know, <laughs> more than Nope. Would yeah, I liked it more than Nope. Um, it okay. tickled my brain in in ways that Nope is incredibly entertaining and probably more eminently watchable, I think. And it also a really great horror movie from from this year. But um, you know, it, it, it I, I feel like it backed off in terms of its uh, intellectual qualities in in areas that Crimes of the Future obviously just goes whole whole in on. And Crime of the Future is not a subtle film, it should be said. It's it's very explicit in a lot of its ideas and themes and its metaphors, but in a way that still allows for plenty of interpretation. So uh, I think that it's it's really wonderful in that regard. But both great films, both, uh, you know, glad mm-hmm. I saw them both this year. Jesse, I see you've been watching terrible movies like Deadstream and Barbarian, but have you seen any good movies uh, the last month? See, I wanted to confront you about this before you uh, got on Team Halloween Ends with me. Uh, what, what's up? You've been brutal lately. The one star for Deadstream? <laughs> I mean, it was it was fine. I mean, you liked it that much? It was fine. Yeah. Um, I think I just have an aversion to like the whole like YouTube found footage culture. Maybe yeah. that just... yeah. You you did like Scream. I took note of that. Mm, yeah, it's okay. Let's see. Um, I haven't watched Barbarian yet. That's uh, okay. You haven't. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. It was, it was Steven. So you haven't Steven watched was the... watching it and enjoying it and then yeah. not enjoying it. Oh yeah. I think we talked him out of it. I hope we talked him out of uh, it. His, I think, his uh, review is not very favorable. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I know. Uh, um, I know. Graham just watched it. I think he liked it pretty well. Yeah, fraud. It's, it, mm-hmm. it definitely seems to be a, a, a controversial one this year. I'm, I'm getting very polarizing takes on it on on my side is what I'm seeing. Weirdly split between being like a really great movie about like this gal going to like this Airbnb in Detroit and uh, kind of like the downfall of the everything around her and uh, getting stuck in with this kind of creepy guy who seems to be actually an okay guy. Uh, then he gets his head smashed in, and that becomes a comedy movie for the rest of the time. It's very strange. I know as far as my watches, the last three have probably been the best of the month. One of them we just mentioned that was Nope, and kind of su- surprised me. I wasn't expecting much out of it. Oh, really? You, were, and, you weren't you weren't expecting too much? It's been very well praised, I would say, and especially coming off even like coming off of Us, which you know 
people were more mixed on, as uh, yeah. listeners to the podcast might remember. Um, but, yeah, I, it's still, I mean, Jordan Peele is pulling in, you know, uh, people more than any other director, I would say, nowadays. Um, and it, it got a really positive reception, uh, you know, when, when it came out over the summer. Yeah, I think it was just the, I loved Get Out, and the combination of Us and uh, Twilight Zone didn't have the greatest reception. Yeah, that's and true. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe this is, maybe it was just a fluke, you know, that just like he accidentally nailed Get Out, but it's quite evident watching Nope that man knows how to direct. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. I, I was in a similar position kind of going in where I was like, I, I was very lukewarm on us uh more so from a writing perspective than a directing perspective but it was like okay jordan peele let's see if uh you you've still got it here let's see if it's it was a one and done or if we're we're on to something here and we're on to something for sure it's really you know mm-hmm. is r- really great i i gotta i have some reservations it feels like uh parts you know of the of the plot were condensed or cut cut off um for the sake of a, a more leaner runtime i think there's certainly mm-hmm. some elements that feel uh underdeveloped or unnecessary even but that to me more so feels like uh, a restriction of the the runtime than it does um something from the film itself like it's not like the you know uh, the the monkey stuff i guess is, is unwarranted within the film but I really liked it, though. It, it creeped me out, those monkey scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if it has good odds in awards, just being a movie about movie. Um, yeah. I wonder if it has like better odds than the usual horror That's... movie, because Oscars love that shit. They do, and but he's... it's like it's such a it's such an undercooked element. That's the other thing. I think... I don't think so. I, uh, but... It's just got so many ideas, and it tries to do so much, but it, it, it that's all very centric at the front especially the historical aspect of it which is really interesting and then that kind of gets left and then brought up again towards towards the end with its parallels and such it's it's there it's just not as prominent as it as it could be or as thought out as it could i don't know again i still really love the, the movie i still really like it um uh it's it's just it could be better if it had more room or if it focused more i think yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm of two minds when it comes to this particular aspect of Peel. It's it seems like writing might be his, you know, the weakest part of him as a filmmaker. But then again, I'm, he's got like this Rod Serling, you know, uh, you know, quality to him where he's got these great original ideas, and I I kind of just want to see him explore them, you know, flaws and all. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I'm I'm happy to critique the things that I don't like as much and see how those you know. Are received or incorporated, you know, kind of going forward, or if he continues on the same trends of things that do or don't work. Um, but I've I've enjoyed the open so far. Even again, even with the reservations I had with us, it was still an interesting film to critique. You know, I was, I was not bored by it or anything, or found it pedestrian. I I even liked us, and maybe oh, yeah. I just have like a personal relationship or I mean, uh, lots something of that I won't like get us. into. You know, it's it's not it's not yeah. just you. Yeah, and I know, like, uh, well, I like had a moment like sharing it with one of my sisters, right. and it was just very, it was just a beautiful thing for us. Um, uh, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> uh, went over my head. Uh, so, there's a thing like in his Twilight Zone that's just such a messy show. Like the second season sucked, but the first one had ideas. Uh, the the last episode uh, oh, of the first I was one, ask they, br- they bring 
<laughs> they bring back a like a CG Rod Sterling. Yeah, they so, do, don't they? Yeah. I forgot about that's that. That's just the funniest thing that's happened on TV the last, like, three or four years. So just how horrible Yikes. of an idea, like, that is. Like, the reanimation of Rod Sterling. Ugh. So, yeah, David, I know you're waiting on me to bring it up. The the other movie that just completely exceeded my expectations. Like guy's hands going. So, Sweeney Todd is fucking awesome. Yeah. And I had no idea. Yeah. I've been sleeping on this movie for 15 years. And... <laughs> I consider Tim Burton, you know, a spit force creatively, like basically by the turn of the millennium. But there, he, there's, there's just an article from like him, a quote from him saying he was like done with Disney or something. Some yeah. quote about him there because like it was just a. He practice. said like it was a circus. He called as it, he was circus. developing. Yeah, as he was developing Dumbo, he's like, I realize I am the Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm anticipating his uh, next one too. Uh, this Adams Family uh, series I'm, he's doing for Netflix. I'm 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 a little upset that I'm like intrigued by this because it's it's kind of like it, it feels like a getting back to your roots, like something that always kind of should have been like the perfect material with the the person who seems suited for it. And like yeah. I'm 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 ex- they've got some good casting in there. They got Fred Armisen is is uh, Uncle Fester. That seems really interesting. They brought Christina Ricci back in some capacity. I just like that as well that she's involved as well. I'm like, mm, I'm I'm interested, and and I, that feels dangerous. I don't want to give you another chance, Burton. Yeah, but mm. but I'm, you're I'm right. In in that your your trepidation towards Sweeney Todd was not unfounded because certainly by this point it was it was very clear that the the Burton trends were going towards the negative. And this is kind of like a, a very odd, you know, little gem snuggled between Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> two abysmal movies, <laughs> you know. And Matt Hatter dancing. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah Sweeney, Sweeney Todd, it's just like, uh, I, I thought it was a unique take on a musical. I know you're, you're the musical expert, yes. so I don't want to... Don't want to miss misspoke here, but uh, basically, it wasn't there wasn't like any big da- dance numbers or group numbers. the The songs seemed to be a little bit more personal, you know, and they're not professionally sung. Typically, like Johnny Depp's got uh, a gravely voice, and he wasn't a trained singer. But I really like that that personal approach that he can bring. You know, it just kind of brought the storytelling alive for me. It might seem novel nowadays because every musical Hollywood makes just employs people who can't sing and mm. they just get away with it. Um, but it, at least when this was made, they like, yeah, like Helena Bottom Carter and Johnny Depp weren't trained singers, uh, but they trained them to sing for the film. Like, so, so they right. were, you know, capable of doing the parts, which themselves, by the way, the, you know, Sondheim songs are famously very wordy. They're very very difficult to sing in, in like you know single bursts of breath there you know he, he famously crams a lot of words into his lyrics so uh sweeney todd is by no means an easy musical to to do but um you're right it's it is different in the sense that the cast is a lot more minimal there's not a big ensemble um that that you have here it's a very intimate you know set of characters here you know four or five uh or so and even then they kind of pare down at least uh, one or two parts even more just to make the runtime you know kind of kind of lean uh but it works really well because it's it leans into that 
you know, uh, set of character dynamics more so um, through the through the songs, especially instead of making it a kind of more sprawling deal, I suppose. No, I'm so glad he went full in on the uh, the splatter aspect as well. It was so cathartic when he when uh, Sweeney you know, cut that first throat and it just gushes all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's really wonderful and a fun show because of that. Again, like I think horror and musical goes together better than a lot of people expect. You know, there's some there's some really great ones out there from Little Shop of Horrors and Rocky Horror, of course, to Phantom of the Paradise. Um, you know, we, we we could always use more of them. I think the 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 pulp and fun of uh, horror merges really well with the uh, uh, kind of bravado of a musical. So Sweeney Todd is another one I think within that pantheon that's well deserved. It's 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 done well. Um, the the look of it is very good. I think uh, Burton's eye for for set design and and color still comes through very strong in this. The early digital. Uh, effects uh, can sometimes be a little odd like the lighting of the film seems a little off in some areas because they're shooting with uh, green screen backgrounds but um, generally speaking it's still very well designed and looks really great um, and and yeah of course the blood it, it's it's again it's another good example of the the color scheming I think and that the red of the blood really stands out against his yeah. color palettes of black and whites throughout it's almost orange you know, it points. is. It is again. It's it's a little. Odd. I I I think the blood. I've had trouble with it in the past viewings because it's like it's a little watery, sometimes. Like the consistency is a little weird, but th- th- there's a good amount of it, so that it, it does. You're right. It feels cathartic. It's a good extension of that. Uh, yeah, and so I think a lot of its strengths come from the fact that Sweet Todd is inherently a good material to pull from. It's a good good source, and uh, Burton applies the style to it. You know, correctly. Mm-hmm. So if he can do that again with something like Wednesday, then, then maybe we'll be back in the swing of things. But uh, not not fully confident based on the past fifteen years or whatever. Yeah, I'm hoping that since he's got to kind of stretch a budget across the series, that it might rein him in just a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. to keep from Alice in Wonderland happening again. <laughs> Or anything in between, even. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I just, yeah. But I'm, I'm glad you got to it. I'm glad you loved it. It, uh, I rewatched it this year as well for the first time in like five years, and I was still expecting to really like it, but I wasn't expecting to be like, it's actually great. I think it's genuinely a great musical. So, good job, Burton. Has <laughs> <laughs> so anybody seen, so anybody seen uh, Terrifier two yet? <laughs> you know, everyone else around me seems uh, to be watching it. Uh, I'm not really interested, but I'm I'm surprised to hear that this odd, independently produced sequel to a film that everyone seems to hate, uh, terrible, is 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 really loving it. It's horrible. The second one seems everyone seems to be really liking it. I haven't seen a negative take yet, so it's long. Also, it's like two and a half hours or something. Yeah, it's two. It's a two and a half hour splatter film. It just. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask yeah, for a theater. Yeah, but universally Adam. positive praise. I mean, it's it's got to be it's got to have something worthwhile. Yeah, I was never going to give any of those movies the time of day until the reception and controversy of this popped up. And like me and Calvin were just talking about it last week. He he was saying he wants to see what my take is. I'm like, yeah, I might catch it next year or something. But 
I'm gonna watch it on Halloween <laughs> this year. I can't mm-hmm. escape it. Yeah, I saw. I okay. saw you watch the uh, first one. Uh, did you watch the other one that the character is a part of? I know he's part of like an anthology film they did first. All All Hallows Eve yeah. just has like a yeah. It has one one of the short films is about Art the Clown in it, and it's barely anything. It's just a killer clown in like a a babysitter like Halloween situation. That's about it. It's just it's there's nothing there. <laughs> It's funny to me to see it from like the outside and how everyone around me who's who's into these more so is like going out of their way to seek out these like reputedly terrible films. You know, <laughs> nobody likes that film or or the first Terrifier, but they're all going there now because the second one's had such positive reception and they want to get like all the context and everything. Um and and there's something there's no context. There, there's <laughs> something kind of great about it still that the you know, th- these kinds of films can drum up such interest, you know, as a kind of, you know, a kind of water cooler thing almost even, uh, in a way that mm, uh, film hasn't, you know, or, you know, movies haven't for, for a while now with the inundation of superhero blockbusters or, you know, whatever else is going on. I've seen more people talking about Terrifier 2 than I have Werewolf by Night, which is, is a plus in yeah. my book, I think. Yeah, it's been kind of eating lunch from like uh, Halloween Ends as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people love. And Halloween ends getting worse box office than Smile and Smile's fourth week. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if if I had to compare like Halloween ends to like a Radiohead album, I would say it was probably <laughs> like the, the the King of Limbs. Whereas people yeah. were wanting more of an In Rainbows. You know what I mean? Have you ever heard that album? Yeah, Kyle? I, yeah, I've I've been listening to that album. Uh, are Are we ready to have our uh, discourse about? Uh, in rainbows are oh. uh, seasonal it every would, year. It would be uh, Halloween without it, here. would it? Um, and against uh, David's best wishes, I think uh, every year we uh, force in a conversation about a classic Radiohead album. I didn't, um, I didn't know you like Radiohead. That's great, man. <laughs> it's just a coincidence that we both happen to uh, love the band and this uh, particular album, which uh, really I think eases people in. Like it's a lot more accessible than like their usual work. The the really like scattershot stuff I like, like a uh, uh, Hail to the Thief, my beloved Hail to the Thief. This is a lot more consistent. Yeah, if if I was trying to convince David, yeah, I'm still talking to you, mm-hmm. David. What? What? Um, if, well, if I was going to convince David to listen to a radio album, out. it would be in rainbows. Bro. In rainbow. Okay, let me write the in rainbow. Okay, definitely got that for later. <laughs> sure, you have. Um, there's a. Uh, uh, something where like uh, Tom York was able to like step aside and like put all of his electronic work back into like his side projects, and it became like a full band effort again. So uh, Tom York went and did his solo albums, and he you know did his electronica there from like the Kid A period and the Amnesiac, and I was kind of able to like fuse it back together with Johnny and the rest of the band and uh, create like a full sound uh, with a range of a lot of instrumentation and different you know approaches that's still cutting up a regular radiohead formula because they can't just do the same thing right it kind of feels like uh, some songs have a bit of a jazz influence in a way as if they just kind of jammed them out you know and uh, oh yeah lots of arpeggios things like that it's just a uh, it's it's crazy how it's you know hell to the thief you know it's kind of a hodgepodge of all the styles it's more of a return to the guitar rock you know that from the old days but in rainbow sounds so different to me even though it's just one album later and kind of keeps the same thesis. Even like mid song, they might like cut into like a acoustic 
thing and then be like okay now it's an acoustic song like bands just didn't really do that like in the middle of a, a song and uh and the release format for this era of radiohead was interesting everyone was like online and and kind of experienced it together whereas like kid a was like the first online album and king of limbs kind of just like leaked out right before like radiohead's like the most online uh band there ever was uh this one was this the one that was like given away for free yeah or, it was the one where you uh, uh, pay what you want pay, pay what you want it was, it was a big deal at the time it, it was actually my first radiohead album because of it. oh really yeah okay and i didn't know that you got in so late yeah um, i was like 20 I, I couldn't get away from alice and chains long enough to give anybody else a, another <laughs> shot so finally when understandable yeah, for me when i got my t- early 20s i started uh branching out a little bit and Radiohead was kind of like my uh, ease into indie rock and things like that. You know, we have a music show now. I should have you on there to talk about like Alice in Chains or, or something. Not Radiohead, because that's what we do in this show mm-hmm. to bore David. But uh, uh, there's uh, something where every Radiohead album is different and has like a, a different meaning in like the part of my life. So um, I wish that you got to experience them as they all came out because they're also defining to me of like that moment of like. Um, I don't want to say it like technological like innovation oh, like yeah. a, they match so well the moment of the time and th- it's not just zeitgeist but it's actually pushing something forward it feels like the future four years ahead when you get to a radiohead album and that that was always special to me yeah, i couldn't imagine being uh you know from going from the okay computer era to the kid a era you know and just getting the backlash there <laughs> yeah shit I, I did know karma police that was on a the, you remember that, those now compilations? <laughs> now, now that's what I call <laughs> well, music, volume one, two, and three, and all that. Ended as my beloved uh, Jonathan Glazer, under the skin director. He did the music video there, and it's just a classic. Oh, so, I didn't know uh, he did that one. Yeah, yeah, the one with the fire in the car, yeah. uh, the spinning camera. Yeah, classic. See, at the time, uh, though, that was still big in, uh, like, it was on MTV. I remember for the video music awards every time it popped up as nominated just you hear the screams of excitement <laughs> yeah man radiohead was big i mean they were like the biggest it felt like the biggest band to me just maybe it's like my circle was always like radiohead was big yeah it must have been uh, unfortunately for me we kind of veered into new metal for a bit too long <laughs> in kentucky yeah, yeah. I, I bet it wasn't like radiohead centric out there no anybody that would listen to anything you know it radiohead's not exactly soft <laughs> but you know what i mean well that's the one thing i think in rainbows softens them or like the hard edges are softened out at least um david nodded he agreed yeah david agrees totally about this um yeah, they have yeah. they have stuff that almost sounds like beetle-ish like they even yeah. soften down like what? reckoner Be- or like what? nude I heard yeah something. uh i said there, there's a beetle on, on the floor oh here, okay no go, go, go ahead but yeah <laughs> uh so where would you place it in rainbows you feel like it's what one of their better efforts top three uh, should we rank all their albums here uh well david's uh i can busy on the phone i can do that uh okay uh you want to do let's it? do all like uh 10 albums uh, we'll just go through each no 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 david we could uh, come back to it uh our show but i do have a music show so i'm formally inviting you to talk about alice in chains one day yeah, it's got a great title doesn't it what's the name of the music show 808 and pod break yeah. which is great because kanye yeah, is very yeah. popular my, right my, now. <laughs> my wife just asked me the other day if you guys are going to change the name now no <laughs> 
we already changed it. A few, few more, few more hateful things, and then we'll reconsider rebranding. Uh, alternative to the Kanye, right? Um, Did you hear about Skechers throwing him out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, wow. uh, so that's our Kanye podcast, and uh, uh, I don't think we'll ever be able to talk about him again on there. That's. Yeah. You just wouldn't shut the fuck up. up. <laughs> we'll find a way. Um, all's forgiven, King, as uh, the community always says. Um, <laughs> we forgive you, King. Yeah. We forgive you, King. Uh, all right, you guys ready for Halloween Four? Oh, uh, yeah. Are you pumped up? You know, you know yeah. what? Yeah. I, I I I opened our discussion today by saying that I've I've been dragged into this against my will. And it's a it's a it's a miserable experience to trudge through these shitty Halloween sequels. But you know, I I watched the fourth movie. I put it in. I put the disc in my my player. Put it on, ready to have a miserable night, just to kind of get it over with. I knew, <laughs> the I knew the series was <laughs> really? getting stupid, especially after last year with with Halloween two and how fucking ridiculous mm. dumb that was. But <laughs> I was I was surprised, shocked even. I was shocked by how much I didn't hate. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's a great take. I did. I'm not. I didn't think it was good. I didn't necessarily like it, but I didn't hate it, and that was surprising. I was. I was shocked to discover that. <laughs> so this came out in 1988, and originally it was envisioned as another anthological film following Halloween Three, wherein it was going to be a ghost story, which sounded really neat. Um, but uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill went off the project, and it just became a producer series, effectively. Yeah. Where the producers kind of controlled the outcomes of uh, what was about to happen. Yeah, like they were apparently when Halloween three came out in what eighty two ish something like that. Um, mm. Mustafa Cod tried to get Halloween four going like ASAP, and to John and Deborah's credit, they basically told him to shut the hell up for about five years. He said, no, we, we made our money on these last two. We don't need it. There's nowhere to go. And uh, I recently found out, you know, they threatened to sue John, which is how they got him involved in the second movie. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he said, fine. You know, and they, they water him down like, come on, John, don't you want it to be good? Don't you want it to be good, John? And finally he, he says, fine, I'll do it. And he chooses a writer and uh, they break the story together. And it is, it's an interesting uh script that they had carpenter really liked it but uh it wasn't going to fly for a cod so they uh they basically sold their interest and got the hell out of dodge I a fair thing to do at this point i i think i would have liked a, a a ghostly take on michael myers that sounds more interesting than oh it wasn't going to be a michael myers thing oh. it was going to be another oh, anthology okay. well, without well, it. well here, here's the deal is that correct um so john's he was a bit crafty it's it's a way for him to keep doing the anthology-like take, but it's got a it's got a Michael Myers like uh, set of clothes on, you know. So yeah. the villain is Michael Myers, but it's it's not Michael Myers. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. okay. So Halloween ends. Is it's, this. It, it would have pissed people off more than Halloween ends. Like it was. <laughs> and this is the first movie where I think the fan base becomes annoying because they get an alternative to the thing they actually like. And that that frustrates me about this movie the most. Yeah. No, Laurie Strode. So we get a a sister. Or what's is it? Her sister it's named her Jamie. It's her daughter. Her daughter. Daughter. She dies daughter, in a car right. crash off screen 
before the events of the movie. Which and, is, you know, but, a great way to handle your character. Yeah. Apparently, uh, there was another script where they tried to get Jamie Lee Curtis back, and I guess they had some sort of confidence, like she would say yeah, when she was at the time doing like a fish called Wanda and all this. Uh, yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, she's going to leave that, though. <laughs> she was uh, check, checked out for horror films at the time. Don't, don't yeah, blame straight her. to voicemail. Yeah. Halloween 4 apparently was turned around in about a week and a half before a writer strike happened. <laughs> Oh. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a annoying thing about this movie, especially where it it starts the most annoying part of the fan base for me. Maybe you're part of the annoying part, but I don't know if you are. Uh, it's the Daniel Harris fan club that oh. that really gets to me. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're relentless. You know, they are. Even they're out for blood. They are even with like a, the 2018 movie where they brought in uh, Judy Greer to play the daughter of. Lori, um, they they yeah. still won't shut the fuck up about it. Like, oh my god, they they are obsessed with Daniel Harris, and I mean she's a child performer here. I think she does a credible job. Actually, I, she has great screams. I think she's I think. the best actor in the movie, um, which is thanks yes. because Donald Pleasance is here <laughs> too. But she's she's doing a credible job. She's up there. She's giving it. She her her terrifying you know sensibilities really come across you know as legitimate i believe her entirely so you know kudos to her i definitely think she's the best actor in the movie here yeah um it's it's interesting you said that though because you know she ended up having a stalker like uh did she yeah that she had to deal with that for a while like in her early 20s i'm surprised there aren't hundreds based on what i see on the online Forms. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, forming, forming a cult around her myself. But uh, there's there's a lot of people. They're very disturbed. I mean, the Halloween fans are disturbing generally, but uh, they're they're also very passionate, and I respect uh, uh, passion without awareness in some way. Um, I find that respectable. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, the Donald Pleasance thing is interesting because he had like the uh, makeup, which uh, they they weren't able to like correctly apply, so it's different in multiple shots. <laughs> so he doesn't even get the chance to be the best actor. Do you know, at one point it kind of looks like a fried egg. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, it has this word boil, and then it does. <laughs> it changes. Yeah, yeah, they didn't set right, and then they they had a new makeup that was going to be the permanent one, but they already had shots of the egg boiled onto him, so they kept those in the film. <laughs> you know, um, I, I appreciate him in the film. He's certainly giving it his all, but they're they're asking him to be fucking like wild, crazy man, you know, at all times. So he's given this like yeah. really over the top histrionic performance, which is uh, entertaining, but not necessarily good. <laughs> Yeah. Nope. And it's the start of the Thorn uh, oh, uh, yeah. series, the trilogy, the Thorn trilogy. which uh, Donald Pleasance kind of, yeah, he kind of spearheads those stories. Yeah, nobody can really write uh, Loomis like Carpenter can. It it yeah. always just feels like a, you know, a, a bad copy, <laughs> like someone doing a failed <laughs> imitation. Even though he uh, he can sell it pretty well. Yeah, that's yeah, there's a cr- credit to him as an actor that you're you're always. You believe the character, even if the character is patently ridiculous. I did like... Sp- oh, go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. Um, I'm going to divert in a minute. Yeah, you, you got to finish your thoughts. I always do. Uh, I did like uh, what, that scene he has with the preacher, where they kind of just chill out for a moment when he when he in, gets in, in the, the car, car and, yeah. and the preacher's going off on a bunch of apocalyptic <laughs> bullshit that, you know, people have just been looking at him like crazy, <laughs> and Loomis is sitting there like, yeah... Yeah, this guy's onto something. Then they they share a drink, 
and he starts singing, and Loomis just like smiles, and it it reminded me of like uh, when he's uh, pranking the kids in the first movie or something, you know, just some a bit more grounded and down to earth. Where does the preacher go? Do they have a final for him? Like, do they do they ever write him out of the movie, or do they just forget him? I forget. He, he he just they forget him, right? What's the what's the fan theories on the preacher? I gotta know what do the Halloween forums tell about the preacher's fate? Dude, we don't have enough time in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but they they should have had him like confront Michael or something. Like I, I felt like they were like stacking up characters to be killed. Doesn't quite happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the characters who die are kind of... Uh, I guess it's a kind of predictable series of events and kills. But, um... I don't know. I, did, I didn't have as much a problem with it as I guess I thought I was going to. It's all it, it's it's all very familiar and rote, I guess, you know? But, like, the, the, the my big takeaway was, like, n- none of this is, is, you know, condemning that any other slasher from this time period isn't doing even worse, you know? Mm. It's... It's it's fine. Like it's it's dumb, and it's like you know you get like the the sex obsessed teenagers and stuff, and they're cardboard characters, but they're still like they're still characters. They're not nobody. You know they've they've got characteristics that are just you know they're pulled out of a hat, but you know they're there. So you know there 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 was enough about it that I was able to kind of like latch onto and enjoy, just kind of as like a pulpy, stupid you know popcorn slasher. Yeah, that's true. I mean, 1988 was also crazy because you have like horror sequels from all corners. You got like the Hellraiser 2, Phantasm 2, Fright Night Part 2, Sleepaway Camp 2, uh, Poltergeist 3, uh, Friday 13th 7, I think. What are we, what, what Weird are we doing year. the Poltergeist series? I guess, is that, is that next in like 10 We years? could do it next year, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, just I have no idea show, what the other Poltergeist films are like. I just, I just know the first one's really good. <laughs> you don't want to go down that road. Probably not. Probably history not. Down that road. I'm I'm already. I still. I, despite what I'm saying here today, I'm still regretting going down this road. So. <laughs> Fucking Halloween four fanboy over here. He loves it. <laughs> I really, I really I, don't. I just don't. I just don't hate it. I just can't connect to the movie, despite. I think a strong aesthetic opening. I think uh, yeah. it not like starting on like a morphing pumpkin it going with like an autumnal farm yeah uh open it's that's cool. it's the best part of the movie for me like the the opening credits are atmospheric as can be i, w- then... I was still getting set up so i missed that i'll admit Did you? i was i was oh. getting everything adjusted that's like, the best part it didn't even occur to me that it didn't have the pumpkin opening i, I my... like yeah you, you gotta just check out the opening it's I'll really go, beautiful I, I, actually I'll, I'll put it back on again i guess or google it i'll google halloween 4 opening and, and check it out again it's the single greatest thing about the movie, I swear. And then you know, I believe start... it. I, I, there's not many great things about the movie, so it it does establish the tone of Halloween, like as in, like an existent yeah. holiday. I think bet much better than two does. Yes, uh, uh, three I think does it the best of yeah. all. Just the mass and everything, and the trick or treating, and I, I I I mean we're just like a cult for Halloween three season of the witch. So yeah, I feel like this one. Um, kind of just sets the tone for the rest of the series you know it's yeah unfortunately it's it's a, it's the safest halloween too it's you know it definitely it's, is, yeah it, it makes it's, all of the safe decisions it just retreads the same plot points the same beats from one which uh, it would be an easy criticism if i cared at this point <laughs> Because I, I think my my expectations were properly adjusted because i think two so thoroughly 
like dissolve me of any expectations of quality. I know that there's there's a bit of defense to be merited towards two with with a lot of its you know more atmospheric elements, but if you guys remember, I I really didn't like that movie. <laughs> The best thing you could say about two, I think, is it's just such a continuation that it's like almost like one and two are a whole movie in a way, yeah. in a really bastardized way. Yeah, yeah this continuation. Got got to put that asterisk on there. Yeah, I like the te- yeah. I like the technical elements of it. That's what I latch on to with two. But you roll your eyes at me. Uh, the more brutal <laughs> kills are pretty good in two, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. There's some there's there's some dumber shit in two that. Again, like I there said, is. just prepare. Like, I'm. I was more okay with Michael stabbing a guy through with a shotgun in this one than I was with him <laughs> lifting right. a guy up by a scalpel in two. That that was yeah. a little more disbelieving. But to to be fair, I did like the scene where the cop just mol- runs over the guy at seventy miles an hour in in the first. Very movie funny. Two. Poor, poor Very Trevor. funny. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fun. There's nothing like that in Halloween Four, which is a shame. Um, Jacuzzi the, kill also really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. There, there is the the rednecks killing their friend who's just hiding behind the bushes for no reason <laughs> in Four, right. and that one I don't know it crushes me. It's not it's not as funny as the one and two where you know the, the poor kid yeah. gets ran over, but you know the, there he is in the explosion. They're sitting yeah. there down and oh, you shot Ted Hollister, Earl. You know, that type of shit. <laughs> Those rednecks. I think uh, the most disquieting thing is really the mask, which has changed <laughs> quite dramatically. They, uh, so they got a shipment in of what were supposed to be more William Shatner masks. They weren't quite. Like, they were they were formed differently. They were, uh, I think they were pink with blonde hair. Yeah. I think that actually shows up in a shot or two, possibly, the, in the movie. The school scene, did you notice it, David? The pink mask? No, I didn't notice yeah. the difference in the mask. Yeah, pink hair or pink face with white hair, and it's just in that scene where just... he throws him through the window at school. You know? Interesting. Okay. So they had to also paint it white to like because they were pink and to match the complexion. So they have a very strange texture on it that the original masks don't have. Uh, I just can't. It's my least favorite horror it's, mask. I, I hate it's it. It's very. It's very obviously the worst mask ever like if you look yeah. at a comparison of all the halloween masks um they're all uh, like aside from the first one and then these later ones they're all pretty terrible but this mm. one is so very obviously like just like un- unbelievably like <laughs> plain and, and like it's not intimidating at all <laughs> let's uh let's remember this whenever we watch halloween 5 next year because it's got a pretty terrible mask. <laughs> it's it just, got a bad it looks one like, yeah it, like this one doesn't even look like a mask. It looks like a paper mache covering of someone's face. Yeah, the paint the paint gives it such a weird texture yeah. that it, it does look like a paper mache art project or something. But yeah, I looked I looked into it some, and uh, I think that that shipment came from Halloween Two actually, because there was a point where they were scrambling <laughs> to get the mask back because uh, Nick Castle took it home. So mm-hmm. Deborah, yeah, yeah, Deborah. The thing is with the Halloween Four mask. Uh, there's not anything 100% concrete with it. It was just all thrown together. So this could be bullshit. But um, she and the second movie, he wears the same as the first. Yeah, right? she eventually she eventually right. got the mask back. But before that, she reached out to Don Poe Studios and said, "Hey, can you send us some, you know, Kirk molds, you know, for Halloween?" So they send over like these half transition, like they kind of look like Michael, but they're not painted and stuff like that. And that's what they busted out for four. Apparently. 
the guy who did the mask effects for Halloween 4 wasn't there at the beginning of the shoot. Like, it was, they were rushing so much. And by the time he comes on, they've already filmed the school scene, and they're like, oh, uh, something's wrong here. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that kind of tells the story that they allowed that to be filmed. <laughs> it says a lot about the production, for sure. <laughs> I believe they also tried to fire him, and then Fangoria did like a fan campaign and forced them. Like that's the power that Fangoria had. They they had to hire that guy back on. Yeah, uh, that's a hilarious uh, twist in the production. There. I, <laughs> that Fangoria had was able to change minds that quickly. They had a they had a couple actors that played Myers as well. One of them got fired. There's the the guy in the <laughs> really yeah <laughs> didn't know that. And it's uh, the guy that got fired. He he actually played Jason. I think in Imposter Jason. In the, the one with the copycat, yeah. but he played Michael in all the scenes with the bandage, which even mm-hmm. though I don't know why he's wearing fucking bandages ten years after he got burned, <laughs> right? But, but it's he's more intimidating in the bandages than he is in his goofy ass mask that he gets back. For sure, yeah. I, I like yeah. as well how he just like he's in the Halloween shop and he just like grabs it like and and the way the shot is shown it's just so silly where it's just like like an arm like creeps in from the side of the frame and, and takes the mask uh it's so goofy uh, what do- also you look on i looked on youtube at like all the michael scenes it's only eight minutes of michael in the movie actually which really? seems very low but of course you you kind of avoid the figure the shape mm-hmm. uh, so i don't know it, it doesn't quite do that for me it's not building tension the way the fr- first one does no. Definitely not, even though it is retreading a lot of those same beats, you know, in, in much of the same ways. But you get a lot more with the uh, the characters, I guess. Uh, you know, again, I, he- I hesitate to call them that because they're... <laughs> they're, they're, they're just stock. They're, sto- they're stock characters. But like I said, I, I'm, I'm fine with it, ultimately, because, like, there's there's just enough... There's just enough morsel on those bones there that I can, like, enjoy it as, uh, like, I'm, I'm putting on my... My, my dumb horror slasher goggles here and I'm like ah uh, yes this is horny teenager A and horny teenager B you know and like they, they, they have enough aspects to them where I can enjoy it just long enough for them to get killed and yeah it's it's it's, it's fun and dumb yeah I th- you just touched on something I think that kind of just explains the issue because this is trying to emulate the first movie right yeah and it kind of the first movie kind of presents itself uh presents Myers almost like the shark in Jaws. You know, he's kept at a distance, and you don't really get to to see him in all his glory until the end where you get that up-close uh, shot with him on the phone. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, the cat's out of the bag. You can't just get that tension going again, you know? So, well, so I'll... one of the reasons that the first film is so tense is, uh, you know, it's kind of undone by the second film and the fact that his motivation is entirely unknown that's the whole central fear of Mm -hmm. michael myers um and so again like i said it's it's undone by the stupid twist ending of of two which what's that again (laughs) uh you have to remind me it's it's Um, is uh that that michael is specifically chasing after laurie strode because i'm your sister sister. i'm your sister (laughs) yeah that's 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 his entire motivation and that unfortunately carries over to four because um even though Lori's dead, he he apparently decides that uh, oh well, killing my niece then is good enough. I, I guess. <laughs> Any time that the movie like 
gestures towards or like reminds you of its connection to the previous Halloween movies, it's it's insanely stupid, and I and I oh, can't God. and I can't do it. I can't deal with what? it in the in the same way that I was so frustrated with two doing that to begin with. Why does she have a picture of Michael when he's a child? You know, I, I know I this is know. nitpicking. Yeah. But yeah, like the the mere mention that he has a niece is what wakes him from his coma. <laughs> yeah, that's the head. whole thing. And then he and then he <laughs> sticks his thumb through the the guy's forehead. Again, like it's just the the, the crazy Michael Myers powers and the same ability he has to stab people through with a shotgun. <laughs> mm, I'll tell you uh, something that's pretty indicative of the the state of the characters in this movie. So at the end. Um, once it's all done, then the sheriff, you know, shows up and he's like, "Oh, Jamie, are you all right?" And all that. He doesn't give one shit about the fact that his daughter died like an hour yeah. ago. He never yeah. mentions her. <laughs> yeah, right. And even they he even says something like, "Well, at least uh, the kids are all right. You know, they survived the night. They'll survive the day." I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> did you do you not know? Do you not care?" <laughs> Cops do it by the book. Mm-hmm. So surprisingly unconcerned about the state of his daughter. <laughs> Cal, did, did you recognize the uh, douchebag boyfriend character? No. He's uh he's from another movie we love, uh, Days to Confuse. Oh. Which David, you know, can't see the light on, unfortunately. I, yeah, look, I, I liked it more than Very Halloween Four, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays a. Uh, I can't remember his name, but Sasha Jensen. It's the only two movies I've known from Halloween Four and Days to Confuse. Huh. A, a much better promising movie. career. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Uh, I think, uh, especially like replacing uh, Laurie with the uh, Daniel Harris character, I, I don't quite know if it works for me, but it it does. It does try hard at it. I mean, it it does situate it around her, and uh, for a child performer, it, um, I think she gets by. It works for me when I don't think about it as. A Halloween sequel you know if I just like put up blinders to like the motivations as to why he's going after this specific little girl if I, if I don't think about that mm-hmm. and I just see it you know as kind of a wider you know extension of of the uh fear and killings from you know the the same in the same tradition as one then, then I find it enjoyable but anytime I'm reminded of it like I said it just gets really really dumb and yeah <laughs> frustrating <laughs> Yeah, I mean, once I try to Just wait. apply logic to it, you know, like, he could have killed her, like, two or three different times in that movie if he wanted to. I don't know. But maybe he's uh, wanting to just kind of scare her as well. Like, in the school scene, you know, she's just sitting there and... There's just, there's even less of a reason than in two, you know? That's, that's yeah. like, the thing. It's, it's, it's literally just the biggest contrivance to create. And I don't know what, what, what your idea was there. Like, literally, just, just redo Halloween 1. Just have him come back and be like... Fuck it! I'm 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 just gonna kill people again. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like that would have been better. But apparently, I think again, the only thing about it is that they don't do that, right? Like that's the thing that separates it. I, uh, they at least don't do one again. I get. I guess I don't know. They kind of just do though. But it seems like the the fan base that is like big on this one and the next one is <laughs> is endeared because of that connection. Like they like yeah. the Halloween lore, and so that's the important takeaway from the film above anything i guess what i mean is like dwight little can't direct like carpenter so he doesn't um, yeah 
Yeah. Uh, Dwight Little of Free Willy 2 fame uh, oh, versus Car- right. Carpenter of The Thing fame. You know, I'm not going to touch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Free Willy was my first experience of Daniel Harris. It's the first time I ever saw her. Used to have a crush on her because of it. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that and Roseanne. She was on Roseanne back in the Oh, no. How's that going now? Yeah. <laughs> Great. She's in the new creep show, I guess. That's that's the thing. Really? Huh. That's what IMDB says. And she was one she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm, I'm guessing it's yeah. one of the, the Manson girls. Yeah, and she's perfect for that. Okay. Yeah. She was like even uh, pregnant at the time, so she got to show up with her baby mom. And uh that she I remember they also fed the uh the crazy uh you know, we were talking about the Daniel Harris fans, Calvin, because uh, she made some comment about how you know, Quentin Tarantino made sure she got casted on his new movie, but Halloween couldn't give me anything, you know? <laughs> that drives them nuts. That's just bait for them. They're like sharks circling the pool, just waiting for a comment like that. Well, I guess while we're on the note of Daniel Harris, we should talk about the most significant or lasting thing about the film, which is the, the ending. ending. <laughs> yeah. The transfer of evil uh, that that leads into the next two movies. Now I I go ahead. I reread your wonderful piece on the film Jesse, which makes a very convincing argument for the the strength of it as one of the high points of the film. Uh, but I thought it was terrible. I thought it was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like it, that uh, the lead up to it is just so unwarranted. There's nothing before that that even kind of indicates. This kind of idea or brewing, like this theme, even of this, uh, you know, continuation of evil, or of this lineage, and like, again, like the the logistics of it are at best nonsensical and at worst like highly problematic in in whatever you're trying to imply here, uh, which is which is really terrible, <laughs> even if it's like a decent stylish you know throwback to the opening of the first film. Um, it's it just really comes out of nowhere and again not in a way that i found shocking but just really just like un- unsatisfying and, and very like n- nakedly like you know searching for something you know provocative to, to go out on hmm. mm. yeah i think i like it in a vacuum you know uh it's just yeah but like, like, you're like right. in, in a theory thing because it's like oh yeah it's paralleling look she's even you know she's picked out the clown costume like the little Michael had in, in mm. the first one oh yeah it's and yeah and again the, oh these cycles of you know the trauma oh it's it's coming back again you know that that yeah sure in in theory I see where that's a good idea that you've got going there Halloween four but uh it, it like they they really just slapped it on to the end of the movie there they didn't do any of the ground the the the, the hard work to put it you know as a seed they didn't plant a seed anywhere they just threw it on and called it a day yeah it it almost it could seem like something that was just thought of at the last minute you know and (laughs) i think they had to think of just i mean to get the clown costume you know to is is part of the movie i i think they had that idea i think that was the idea if anything that they ran with that, that that made them want well, to make the a Halloween four and like have a place to go but, from there onwards to Halloween five, six, twenty, you know? Yeah, I think if you if you think this is an incredibly dumb sequel when it's trying to be a Halloween sequel to the first two movies, wait till you watch sequels to Halloween four. I, oh, yeah, I, I'm trip. again I'm, I'm anticipating this regrettably. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Next year is going to be a delight. Oh, yeah. I, I, 
Uh, I'm so be... looking forward to next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's already the highlight of my uh, watches next year, just because I know David's in for it. Uh, it's oh going to be a uh, fucking roller coaster for me. It's like first first movie is like great, one of the best horror movies. Second movie is just like whoosh, just a, a sheer cliff, and I and I fucking hate it, and it's annoying as hell. And the fourth movie, I'm like. <laughs> You know what? I don't hate it. It's not terrible. It's you know, it's it's, it's third movie though. Yeah, yeah. Third movie's below. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Third movie is you know again it's its own thing and so wonderful, so exciting. I should watch it tonight or maybe yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely uh, gonna watch it. Before it's getting late here. It's over. We're, we're definitely gonna be in the muck for a couple years here when it comes to. <laughs> it's a I don't know Halloween Five at least is an interesting failure to me. <laughs> is but I, I just guess, is there any hope for me, like along here? Like I'm, I'm surprised that I was semi-positive here. Am I gonna have any similar experiences with any of the other sequels? Like, I didn't like uh, 2018. Uh, so H2O, I'm, like, I'm, seen... I'm not feeling good going forward, guys. Have you seen H2O? That doesn't bode well for H2O that you didn't like 2018. I mean, uh, uh, I'm thinking that, back. They're kind of alike. But but thinking back, I guess it's, it all comes down to like the execution of things like and, and even just on a technical level like i remember with 2018 i really was so baffled by just some of the framing like it's all, all like really close-up framing they, they don't use any like mids or wide shots throughout from, from my recollection and also just like bad modern you know comedy injection into things mm. is kind of dumb a little bit of dumb writing in there that, that i'm recalling from again four years ago well, now but yeah. How how would you feel about Buster Rhymes showing up in <laughs> one of these movies? Just uh, kicking kicking him right in the face. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I guess it depends on how much my my will to live has been worn down by the next couple sequels. I guess we'll see yeah. how, you know, okay. how it goes when we get to that that moment. If that movie had gone all the way, like for the duration <laughs> of its runtime, just full on satire, I would love. It. <laughs> I could I could take ninety minutes of bust to kick a Michael Myers in the face, but it's. Did it come before Scream? That movie? Nah. Uh, this okay. it, it was kind of aping the uh, found footage, um, mm. you know, boom that was going on at the time, like in the wake of Blair Witch. So. Oh right, yeah. So it must have been post ninety nine. Well, yeah, it was the two thousands. If I, yeah. even. If I okay. recall right, even like H two O was very specifically like coming off of the scream formula right like that was the whole yeah even yeah. uh kevin kevin williamson wrote the story for it after scream yeah um and it's it's basically it, i think it has like the it has like the mtv like uh very like <laughs> uh, how would you say like slick like music video aesthetic like dawson's, not, dawson's creek. you know <laughs> yeah very dawson's creek scream I like that about H two O. I find I find it comforting this time of year. Yeah, um, I think you have a chance of liking H two O, Dave, especially since you didn't hate Halloween four. It's I kind of lopped them together <laughs> as both being like safer, you know, kind of copies of the original. But H two O's got a different uh, dynamic it adds in there that I, makes. I know Calvin's going. a big big fan of it. He's got a big soft spot for H H two O. So whenever we, f- oh, I think you could. Maybe zombie. Maybe you'll find something in zombie, and <laughs> we'll just be surprised by you. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised by that notion. But I know. I mean, Je- Jesse is a big proponent now of his Halloween too. So, who knows? 
Yeah, I'm kind of lonely there, to be honest. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've seen the take come up more and more. Like, there's there seems to be a kind of renaissance of, you know, those the zombie films actually aren't too bad. They're, they're trying to do something different, you know, especially with regards yeah. to Halloween 2. I'm, I'm seeing yeah. more of a appreciation for it, I well, guess. But Rob, Rob Zombie just posted a meme on, uh, I think it was Instagram a couple days ago, uh, with the... The guy with the kind of frumpy guy with a mustache, like hunched over his computer, uh, that kind of meme, being like a uh, uh, 2007. In my expert opinion, Rob Zombie ruined the Halloween franchise. Then, like same picture mirrored. In my expert opinion, in uh, 2022, Rob Zombie saved the Halloween franchise. Saying it's like the same guy has developed yeah. into someone that supports him now. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Um. I see you possibly liking H2O, and whenever we finally get there, that would be the one to try to convince Graham to join us, because it, it'll be just me against uh, possibly the room at that point, because everybody likes H2O a little bit more than I do. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Good times. Next year is going to be interesting, and how the year after that is going to be wild. I, you know what? As, as long as I don't hate myself watching... That, like if I can have fun with dumb sequels and and think it's still terrible, I'm I'll, I think I'll be fine. Like I'm I'm feeling more energetic now with Halloween four. I mean, just think of our friend Vaughn who has watched every Hellraiser in the last week. I think you I think you're better off than him. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm sure. And you know, spacing it out over a yearly basis certainly helps. I think with this, it helps soften the blow of of this mediocrity. Yeah, <laughs> I can I mean, handle it piecemeal like this. We're locked in until like what, 2031 at this point. As long as they don't make it. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, I'm sure the site will still be around. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. So, so long not, as the planet is. <laughs> uh, if not, I'll just give you guys a call and we'll just watch it. Together. Yeah, don't even have to record it. That we'll sounds just, good. We'll just have a yeah. conversation regardless. Because <laughs> this, this is. Well, thanks so much, guys, and. Uh, well, this is the end of our season. Uh, we'll be back uh, in 2023. So. Yeah, should be a good time. Thanks, Jesse, again for joining us in our now, you know, our yearly tradition of Halloween movies. Uh, I am looking forward to next year, even at your great discouragement. Me too. Thanks for having me on, as always. Love it, guys. Keep up the good work. Conversations and I post them online for entertainment. It's nice to know at least you listen to the show because it's quite the possibility that nobody is listening to me in this modern world. Things have changed, everybody's entertaining. Who's being entertained? Thank you for listening. Mine.
voices.